0: You're listening to Vernacular Podcast.
1: All right, welcome back to Vernacular Podcast. This is going to be a fun episode because we are joined by longtime listener and occasional guest on the podcast, Nathan Seiped. Those of you who have been listening to Vernacular for a long time recognize Nathan, know his story. For those of you who don't, I'll just give you a little recap of. uh, some recent stuff that's happened in his life and how it ties into what we're going to talk about today. So, we're going to talk about strength and strength training. And the reason why I think Nathan is sort of a subject matter expert on this is one, he's been doing this for years. But two, in May of 2016, Nathan and his wife, Sadie, and daughter, Pippa, uh, and uh, Sadie was pregnant at the time, so unborn child, uh, were all in an accident, very bad car accident. And in that accident, Nathan got a concussion and a broken hip. And uh, I'll spare the gruesome details, but he was in the hospital for a long time and was uh, laid up in bed for a long time. And he's a helicopter pilot. That's his job, for what he does for a living. And it was four and a half months until he was even able able to get back in the cockpit. Um, But really, that was a pretty quick recovery, given what he was faced with initially and what doctors thought he was going to be able to do. And ever since then, he's been rehabbing uh, incredibly well and has gotten to a point where he's, um, I think, even stronger than before the accident. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, Nathan. but uh, Nathan, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Um, yeah, like you said, Zach, uh, I am stronger now than I was before the accident, um, which was which was pretty exciting for me to get to that point and beat my previous uh, personal records on a couple of those lifts.
1: Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's incredible. And so yeah. I mean, we're talking so May 2016. We are just a year and a half removed from this accident that I think would be accurate to say was kind of life changing for you guys
2: oh yeah absolutely I mean yeah I was in the hospital for 10 days um couldn't walk for a while we had to get a hospital bed downstairs because <clears throat> I couldn't go upstairs um where where our bedroom is um and yeah it was definitely life-changing Sadie wound up we wound up losing the baby that Sadie was carrying at the time of the accident I'm not entirely sure if it's related to the accident but yeah that whole summer was definitely life-changing for us
1: and then here you are. And of course, we should mention that you and Sadie are now expecting another little one. So that's very exciting. And that's coming up yeah. here pretty soon.
0: Yeah, we'll have to get the two of you on the show together once little baby Ocean is born.
2: Yes. Yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea. Yeah.
1: So we're going to talk about strength training today. And uh, in the context of rehabbing, but also just strength training in general, it's not just for people who have been in accidents. So Uh, I think this is something really important. Maybe I'll just kick it off with a a introductory question for you here. When, when you pitched this to us as as an idea, I was immediately interested, but I was thinking about how people might not be very interested in this because people might think strength training equals bodybuilding. So, uh, Mm -hmm. I think the two are very different and I assume you agree. I'd like to kick it over to you and have you talk about what you mean by strength training. How is it different from bodybuilding and why is it important to, to think about?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it can it can go in a lot of different directions. Um, bodybuilding, of course, is is focused on hypertrophy, uh, which simply means making muscles bigger, um, and usually comes with reducing body fat too, so that um, you just look more cut and more muscular. Uh, strength training is re- really just about getting stronger at its most basic. Um, <clears throat> people might do it for football or other sports, or they might do it um, to compete in powerlifting. Um, or weightlifting, the the Olympic lifts. Um, But at at its most basic, the goal is simply to get stronger. The reason I started is because we moved here to North Dakota, and I used to do a lot of rock climbing, a lot of trail running, um, but there's not a lot of opportunities for either of those here in North Dakota. So um, I decided to switch to uh, lifting and strength training um, and read a great book about it called Starting Strength, uh, by Mark Ripito. he owns a gym in uh, Wichita Falls, Texas, <clears throat> and so that's where a lot of my knowledge about strength training comes from. is is from that book. Another one he's written, and then I'm just listening to a lot of a couple different podcasts about strength training. So,
1: yeah, just on your point about how it's hard to do that stuff in North Dakota. I think the the, the rock climbing and trail running. I think I saw once that you had posted uh, a, a, a like one of those uh, GPS trails of where you had biked that day. And yeah. I think you had just like gone out for 15 miles in one direction on a flat yeah. open road <laughs> and then turned around yeah. and come 15 miles not back. So, like, you know, nice 30 yeah. mile ride there, but it's pretty yeah. monotonous, pretty flat, not a ton going on. And I imagine in, in North Dakota where you are, lots of wind. So you're probably riding into the wind for 15 miles in one direction and with the wind coming back or you're just facing a crosswind the whole time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That day when we were westbound, we were doing like 12 to 13 miles an hour. But then when we came back towards the east, we were doing like 35 miles a oh,
1: hour I guess it is better to have the resistance on the way out, though.
2: Exactly. Well, that's how we set it up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, well, I take your point about how it's hard to do some of those things in North Dakota. So it's cool that you've, you've taken on strength training. So what's the time commitment here? How much time are you spending in the gym doing this stuff?
2: um well when you start out with the with the starting strength what they call the novice linear progression which is a very basic program um when you squat three days a week that's the first exercise of the day work up to three sets of five and then um you're going to either bench bench press or like the old school military overhead barbell press yeah again for three sets of five and then at the beginning you just deadlift um for one heavy set of five and then once your deadlift gets pretty good and your form gets better, you can power clean for usually five sets of three. <clears throat> and so at the beginning, those workouts will take an hour, probably an hour, maybe an hour 15, including warm warmup. Um, by the end of that linear progression, when things start getting more difficult, um, and I was starting to do five sets of five on some things, workouts could take up to two hours. Wow. Wow. Um, But I've since switched up to a four day a week, which means my daily workouts are a little bit shorter. I just work out four days a week now. So,
1: And so what are are some of the the practical benefits of strength? I mean, you're obviously stronger, so I imagine it's easier to move furniture. Yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs)
1: What about maybe um, more practical benefits that you might not think of immediately or psychological benefits, just being more confident in yourself or other health benefits that might not be readily apparent?
2: Yeah. So, um, being stronger is helpful in so many ways in daily life. Uh, there are actually a lot of people who, who do this program who are in their sixties, seventies, eighties. And at, at that point in life, it's helpful, um, just for getting off the toilet, getting out of bed. I mean, that's a squat when you're getting off the toilet. Um, and that can be difficult for an 80 year old person if they don't have a handrail. Um, but if they're doing strength training, then that's something that's becomes much more easier for them. Um, but for me, um, it's great just being able to pick up my 45 pound kid, you know, um, which is in a lot of ways more dangerous than picking up a 425 pound barbell. Uh, because with the barbell, I can put it exactly where it should be over the middle of my foot. I can control my form. I can pick it straight up and set it straight down. But a 45 pound year old kid is wiggling around she's not over my center of balance and you know it's it's a much more dynamic movement which can be much more dangerous
0: and i suppose worst case scenario with a barbell you just drop it you're not exactly. gonna do that to pippa
2: yeah yeah i can't do that to pippa yeah and so and but being able to pick up a heavy barbell makes it makes my body stronger and gives me much more margin for error in picking up a kid or anything else for that matter like you said furniture you know it just uh, it gives you much more margin for error and you know how to lift, you know how to employ that form in different situations.
0: So I want to relate this to your accident recovery, but um, I also want to back up just for a minute. So the book mm-hmm. that you read, it's written by a guy and you're a guy, but is this a, a plan that women can also follow?
2: Absolutely. Um, there's, there's some differences for women, uh, largely due to the body composition. Women tend to carry more body fat and less uh, muscle uh, which makes, it makes it harder to increase the weight the same amount that a guy can. Sure. Yeah. You, you know, a guy can put 10 pounds on a squat every session, three days a week for probably two weeks. And then he can add five pounds at three days a week for three months. Uh, a woman is going to be able to do, you know, five pounds for those first two weeks. And then she might have to go down to two and a half pound increments after that. So <clears throat> the the strength gains come slower. And that's also, uh, result of less testosterone in women, which makes increasing muscle mass and muscle efficiency more difficult.
0: So does the book have those variations for women or would would it be better for women to find a a different book altogether?
2: No, no, it's, it's a great book for women, for anyone. Um, it's just that your increases in weight, each workout are going to be smaller. Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, going back to the benefits of of strength training, relate this to your accident recovery and how, how it helped you recover and, and yeah, how you saw that, that change.
2: Yeah. So Zach, I think you mentioned the, the psychological benefits of this earlier and I I didn't really get to that yet, but um, this I've, I've heard people talk about um, just strength training like this as a, as a refining fire, um, which almost has a religious tone to it, but, I, it's true. I mean, it's something that it's a voluntary hardship that you decide to do. And I dread going into the weight room on Monday when I've got to do five sets of five squats at 320 pounds.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds like a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and it's, it never gets lighter. You know what I mean? Cause I keep increasing the weight. So it always feels heavy and it's, it's something that it, it kind of makes me anxious all day until I do it. But that motivation to be able to understand, like, hey, this is going to be hard. It's not supposed to be easy, but it's something I can do. And if I fail at it, I'm going to try it again the next week. Um, so that, like, mental fortitude that it builds was really helpful um, after the accident because it was like, hey, like this, nobody said this was going to be easy. Um, but here I am. And I know I can at least try. And if I don't succeed, then I'm going to try again. Um so that was helpful. And then I think just having the, the muscle mass and um, the stability probably helped me during the crash. Uh, <clears throat> after the crash, it was it was pretty um, difficult to just like watch my body waste away. I lost 15 pounds in those 10 days in the hospital.
0: Wow, oh my gosh.
2: Just like I- immediately, and it was all just muscle. Um, so it, it took a long time to rebuild that, but yeah. As soon as the doctor cleared me to start lifting again, and and the physical therapy I did, I thought was mostly pointless. I mean, <sighs> it was it it was mainly just stretching, like and range oh, of my. motion, right? Which was good. I mean, I needed to regain that. But then at some point, like you, you actually fine. need to get stronger. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. like I wanted to get back to where I was. I don't want to just like get to full range of motion. Okay, sweet. What am I going to do with that if I can't apply strength to it? Um, the doctor actually on my last checkup with him, um, I was just wearing gym shorts and he saw like my thighs and he was like, wow, you've, uh, you've put on some muscle. And so that was, that it's was probably, a it's probably kind of me.
1: unique for, you know, someone who's had like some sort of major orthopedic surgery to correct something. They probably rarely see that the patient comes in a little bit later looking stronger than they did before.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was pretty motivating for me. Um, just to, just to hear that.
1: So let's talk about the stress recovery cycle. I know you mentioned three days a week was the starting and now you're at mm-hmm. four. How does, how do you have to space those out to have the proper recovery cycle? And maybe you can talk a little bit more about the stress and recovery cycle in strength training.
2: Yeah. So I think this is something that a lot of programs get wrong. Um, a 21 day fix, even CrossFit. Uh, I did CrossFit for a while when I was in pilot training, cause I had no time to do anything else. And it was a 20 minute workout. But so the stress recovery adaptation cycle uh, basically means you're going to stress your body, your body is going to adapt to that stress, you give it time to recover, and then you can stress it even more the next time. <clears throat> so that stress um, is, is the workout, um, and you dose that stress appropriately. And, and for a novice, someone who, it doesn't mean you're bad at lifting, it just means that you're new at lifting, you're new at lifting consistently that stress recovery adaptation cycle takes about 48 hours. So it's very easy to add five pounds. Well, it's not easy, but it's possible, definitely possible, to add five pounds to your squat three days a week. So you're adding 15 pounds to that squat every week. Because you stress your body, you give it adequate recovery with sleep, uh, hydration, nutrition, and then you can add weight the next time you go into the gym. As you progress and get towards the end of that linear progression and you get towards what one would call an intermediate trainee, that stress recovery adaptation cycle takes longer because you get to a point where you can lift enough to stress your body enough that it can't recover in 48 hours. It's going to take about a week to recover. So right now what I'm doing is I'm squatting on on Mondays, what we call volume. So that's the five sets of five. Um, and then on Thursdays I'm doing intensity. So I'm modulating volume and intensity to kind of modulate the stress throughout the week. And then the, in the next week I can add more weight to my volume day. I can add a little bit more weight to my intensity day.
1: And so what's the difference between what you're doing now? And you, you mentioned that CrossFit gets this wrong. Does CrossFit not allow enough time for proper recovery?
2: No, I, I think what CrossFit gets wrong is the, <clears throat> um, variation in the exercises. Okay. So you do a bunch of exercises on Monday. Um, you do something different on Tuesday. You do something different on Wednesday. And in each one of those days, you're stressing your body and you're letting it recover. But then you're not building on the opportunity to get stronger oh, in that particular yeah. thing.
1: You're not restressing it appropriately.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And then, like I mentioned, 21-day fix. <clears throat> the problem with that is it'll, it'll work once. Because when you're a novice and you start 21-day fix, you're going to get stronger. You're going to get more fit in those 21 days that might work once or twice but then after that point it's not going to provide enough stress to drive an ad- an adaptation
1: yeah that makes sense to me
2: because you're not it's mostly bodyweight exercises there's simply not enough weight or intensity involved to drive an adaptation anymore
1: here's another practical question For someone who likes doing cardio, maybe they're a long-distance runner or a swimmer, does that pair well with the starting strength philosophy, the sort of five-by-five approach? Or will you you end up sacrificing strength and muscle mass for cardio fitness?
2: You're definitely going to wind up sacrificing strength, um, especially if you try to do cardio on the same day that you're doing strength training. Um, It's not as bad if you try to do it on off days, but it's it's two totally different like muscular functions. The, the metabolism, the way that your muscles use that energy in both cases is, is just too different to try to get better at both at the same time. So if you're going to focus on strength training, I would recommend reducing the cardio for sure unless um, for an overweight person who needs to lose weight that's a that's a fine way to do it. You're sure. going to lose weight doing the strength training too but if you need to shed some extra pounds more quickly adding cardio works.
1: Well, okay. So, for people who are more interested in this idea of strength training, or maybe, maybe specifically the Starting Strength model that you mentioned uh, in Mark Rippetoe's book, uh, what resources are there out there, maybe besides Starting Strength, the book?
2: I do have to warn everyone that um, Mark Rippetoe and several of the Starting Strength coaches are not politically correct at all.
0: <laughs> That's a good disclaimer. <laughs> yeah,
2: Mark Rippetoe is a good old boy from Texas um and he is not politically correct but i think his experience um as a weightlifting coach is valid and should be respected um so other resources i i have really focused entirely on on the starting strength methodology um there starting strength has a great forum there's a starting strength podcast uh the one i would recommend if if you're going to look for a strength podcast is the Uh, barbell logic is what it's called. It's put on by a couple of uh, starting strength coaches named Matt Reynolds and Scott Hambrick. Uh, And that's a great podcast. They walk through kind of like what we did the basics from novice programming, like why strength, what kind of equipment you need, how you, what you do to get started. And then they work into intermediate programming and other things and do interviews with um, other strength coaches and athletes, other resources, I've heard good things about the Starting Strength app. I've never used it. Uh, I just use the Notes app on my phone to log my workouts, um, which is something that's really important to do if if you're going to do strength training. Like you need to know what how you can rest. restress
1: your body exactly. the next time. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Do you think that people who are starting strength training should probably join a gym to have more re to have more um, supplies and you know, different weights to use, or could they kind of do it from their home gym if they have dumbbells? It seems like this is more of a program where you need to be part of a gym.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, setting up a home gym to adequ- adequately do this program is going to cost $1,500 probably. Because um, <clears throat> you, what you need is a barbell, a power rack, um, which is just like a rack that you can squat in You can bench in it. Uh, That's what I normally do if I don't have a spotter. That way I can set the safety bars to the side so that if I drop it, I don't crush myself. So, yeah, you need a barbell. You need a a rack. You need plates, which are really expensive if you try to go buy them yourself. Um, So it's definitely something that you need a gym for. Uh, Most military bases have an adequate gym for it. Your YMCA is going to be adequate. Uh, one other piece of equipment I would definitely recommend buying or well to start with is some weightlifting shoes. Uh, some people call them squat shoes. Uh, mine are Adidas power lift, uh, shoes. And the advantage there is that they just provide more stability to your foot and they're not squishy. If you go to try to squat in your Nike freeze, you're going to, the shoe is very squishy. And so your foot's going to kind of wobble on it. And Part of your energy, part of your strength is going to simply compressing your shoe, not lifting the weight.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Any yeah, energy? I've actually experienced oh. that and um have hurt my foot squatting with like oh. running yeah. shoes. So Yeah, yeah. I do I, not I, recommend I endorse it. this recommendation from you to yeah. buy <laughs> powerlifting shoes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I remember um, when I worked at a sports shop that there was a difference between kind of like cross-training shoes that had even just the ridges on the bottom are more Mm -hmm. like horizontal to help with stability versus um, you know forward and back, which would be kind of the forward motion of running. So that makes a lot of sense. You also you mentioned a spotter. Do you have a partner? I know you mentioned you you didn't. Oh yeah, that's a a good question. I had that. Should you do this with a partner? Is that safer?
2: Yes, I would. I would highly recommend doing it with a partner. I started before the accident. Um, I had a buddy that always did it with me, which is great because we could check each other's form, uh, especially if you're kind of self-taught like I am just reading the book and trying to figure out the form from there. It's great to have a partner that can be like, hey, your back's too low. Your knees are too far out um, or that kind of thing. And then it's also just great for motivation, too.
1: Yeah, in, in the uh, periods of my life where I've had a consistent gym partner, it's just been way better for my motivation because yeah. if someone like, oh, I can go hang out at the gym with my friend, not yeah. just, I'm going to go be alone at the gym <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sweat. <laughs> yeah.
2: And and my partner was, he's almost exactly the same size as me. And so since That's we started really at the useful, same time. yeah. Yeah, we were working like at the same weight, which is helpful not only because we don't have to unload and reload the barbell every time, but it was kind of a competition, you know, like can you put up 225 today? Cause that's what I'm going to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, uh, I've been at the gym with like, I've gone to the gym with friends who I don't lift with regularly. And there's like that, that like uncomfortable dance where we're like, yeah, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to do some bench? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I like, head towards the bench and they're like, what do you want to put on? And like, I don't know. What do you yeah, want to put yeah. on? Like you have to like feel out like wh- where like, they where- are. Yeah, exactly. Where are you? Where am I? Like how much do I need to front here to act? It's like- you know, <laughs> pretty funny.
2: Yeah. And that's why I think having a defined program and a logbook is, is great. Yeah. Because you walk into the gym, you know what you're doing. You know how much weight you got to put on. You have a rough idea what your warm-up sets are going to look like. And you knock it out.
0: Yeah, I think the logbook is also a, a good – um thing to mention, because I see people at the gym with log books, and I'm always just like, wow, you're so intense, (laughs) just because they have, just because they write down, you know, the different weights that they use, so I usually avoid all of the barbell area, but um, when I see people with it, I'm just like, oh, wow, you have a plan, (laughs) you know what you're doing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it can be intimidating at first, right, if you you walk into the gym and you see somebody squatting over 400 pounds, it's like, oh, and I'm going to start over here at at 135. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, Yeah. So uh, that was, for me, when I started, that was always a you know thing because the guy next to me has three plates on there, and I've got just one plate on each side. Right.
1: I've been there. That's the story yeah. of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, this all sounds great, Nathan. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about strength training. It sounds like, a, it sounds like you've got it figured out there, and hopefully our listeners can take something from this, uh, even if they're not going to go embrace the whole uh, starting strength approach hopefully. Yeah, but just they be can... inspired
0: to start strengthening training if they've been more on the cardio. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Side of things. Um so Nathan, thanks thank you for joining us and uh best wishes as you keep on getting stronger and we're really excited for you guys and your little baby coming up. So keep us posted on the arrival of Baby Ocean and uh yeah, talk to you soon.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks guys.
1: All right. Well, it's time to wrap up another episode of Vernacular Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that one. And if you did enjoy it, please take this time while you're riding an emotional high after a great episode to give us a rating on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Five stars, five stars only. Please, I'm kidding. But please do give us a rating and let us know what we can be doing better. You can also do that by reaching out on Twitter at Vernacular Pod or on Instagram at Vernacular Pod or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Vernacular Podcast.
0: And if you like these episodes, you can also look back in our archives. We will link to the past, uh, I think, two episodes, actually, that Nathan and his wife, Sadie, have been on our show. Yes. So that will give you some background on their family history, and we actually have an episode all about the accident. So if you are interested in hearing more about what they survived, you can tune into that one as well yeah, check
1: out the show notes and we'll include a link there or you can just find it in your favorite podcast player
0: and look forward to next week's episode which will be all things stranger things that's right dun. So dun things dun. get strange on vernacular podcast
1: it's gonna be great we're excited for it and hopefully you are too right. for vernacular podcast i'm zach and i'm sally have a great week Hi.
0: I'm by your side